We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park, Kansas, the KC Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park. Them live from the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park, Kansas. This is the KCSN Live postgame show. I'm BJ Kissel. That is Ken Swanson. We've got Tucker Franklin producing this thing. We've got Maddie Lane and Craig Stout to be joining us here in just a little bit as the Chiefs move to 9-2 on the season with a 26-10 win over the L.A. Rams as George Karloftis picks up a sack and inches closer to Derek Thomas's rookie <laughs> franchise sack record, which is surprisingly a storyline <laughs> from this one, Kent. There's, I'm not going to say there's not a lot to talk about with this game, but it was just kind of... It was workmanlike. They took care of business, and that's great. I mean, I, for one, appreciate a few games here or there where I don't have to just be an emotional wreck. This was stress-free. <laughs> stress-free. At least for us. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, at no point in this game did it feel at all like there was a chance that the Rams were going to win this football game, and I'm fine with that. I liked, I liked the stress-free nature coming out of the holiday. I'll take it, especially if there's – there's a test I'm sure we'll talk about at some point later today coming up. Yeah. All right. We appreciate everybody for watching, whether you're watching on Twitter, whether you're watching on the Casey's Sports Network YouTube page. If you are, please hit that like and subscribe button. Or if you're watching on our partner, One on One The Fox's Facebook page, we appreciate all of you for hanging out with us. Uh, if you're watching live, we appreciate it. If you're you know watching the video or listening to the podcast after the fact, we appreciate you. Again, Maddie Lang, Craig Stout will be joining us in just a few minutes. 
Kent, I know where you always like to start. Let's start. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, finished this game 27 to 42 for 320 yards with a touchdown and a pretty surprising interception, a pretty bad interception there. But overall, what do you think about Patrick Mahomes' day? Yeah, he did good. I mean, took care of business when he needed to take care of it, made some plays with his legs, extended some plays when he needed to. I mean, look, the Rams are not a good football team, but I think a lot of the blame falls on the offensive side of the ball and the attrition there. They've still got some good players. They get, they still have blue chip players. They have Aaron Donald. They have Jalen Ramsey. Uh, well, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey played today, did he? I, I don't know. Uh, Aaron Donald did, though. <laughs> Good football player. I know. I, I'm. I. I don't know why I'm being so petty with Jalen Ramsey today. But Jordan, it, it, we'll we'll get to we'll get to Travis Kelsey torching him sure later. But I mean, Mahomes took care of business where he needed to. You know, I think the efficiency was was overall pretty good. Made good decisions with the football, except for that one interception. Um, you know, avoided pressure uh, because this this front was giving him some pressure. Nick Allegretti was in for Joe Tooney. They they took care of business, and, and Mahomes took care of business throughout the game. Uh, very impressed with the performance for the majority of it. Yeah, I think early in this game, it never felt like, you know, Patrick Mahomes was under too much duress. Um, Aaron Donald made his plays, but for the Rams not being a great football team, they're a very good defense. They lost Ashawn Robinson for the season last week, which I think hurt them, uh, especially with their with his ability to stop the run. Greg Gaines, underrated player. Jalen Ramsey, still not bad, although, you know, he's not what he was. He's not playing at that level uh, this season that we've come we're to watching, expect from we're him. Watching, Aaron uh, Donald definitely is. Watching Travis Kelsey torch uh Jalen Ramsey right beautiful. here. Gosh, it was so much view. fun. It was so much fun. Like, the only thing that Jalen Ramsey did today was talk. It was just like, they, <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's, that's all it was. He was getting roasted. didn't matter. So, uh, but you it was really going in on him. You know, you know, I have my moments here and there, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was fun to see Travis Kelsey and Mahomes get, get a, get another one and, and doing it on Ramsey is kind of cool too. That was cool to get a lot of guys involved. We talk about this Patrick Mahomes all the time. There's always some, some tweet, or some post uh, in the third or fourth quarter saying how many different guys, you know, seven guys caught two passes, whatever it is. And this one, 10 guys caught a pass in this game. Three running backs, three tight ends, four wide receivers. Uh, got a little bit of everybody involved. Hopefully everybody came out of this one healthy. Tucker's going to have an injury report uh, for as soon as they get it from the post-game press conference. But, yeah, interesting line when you see that Travis Kelsey is the leading receiver with four receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. Nine receivers caught a pass longer than 10 yards today from Patrick Mahomes and the shortest. And I mean, well, in, in, in Noah Gray, almost, almost, almost got one too. He had nine yard completion. So the, like every receiver caught at least a pass of nine yards today in nine of 10 caught one over 10 guards, just getting everybody involved. Yeah. A little bit lighter workload for Travis Kelsey, which is fine. I mean, he, he still got eight targets, but like, Hey, yeah. look, you know, they're going to need him in a bigger way in a couple weeks here or, or over the next couple weeks. Uh, and, and he his workload wasn't necessarily maybe as big as it's been in the past. Yeah, and one player to talk about real quick, and then again, we'll break this down with Maddie and Craig here in a little bit, but another player to talk about, uh, Sky Moore. Um, his ability to bounce back. We saw with Isaiah Pacheco a few weeks ago after his fumble. Uh, they went right back to him. He got the ball. Uh, some, kind of the same thing with Sky Moore. Uh, muffed the punt. They go back to him. I think it was the next offensive drive. Makes a fantastic catch jumping up across the middle where his body's exposed brings it in uh it's great to see him just bounce back and then we got justin watson back there i know we'll have all week to talk about uh special teams who's going to return punts Kadarius tony didn't play in this game also Juan thornhill joe tooney uh so chiefs a little banged up still get through it and get that win but um offensively for me one of the standouts especially early in the game i thought it was a bigger storyline that you know 
probably won't spend a ton of time talking about, but uh, I like to see what Sky Moore did coming back, uh, making that play after the muff punt. So, you know, Amari Rogers from the Packers was a third round pick for them. They tried to get him involved in the return game, and he was one of these. He, he couldn't. He couldn't catch the football. He couldn't. You know, he was fumbling at, at a at a higher clip than Sky Moore. Didn't materialize. He wound up getting cut. And you know, I looked at you know, like I was just thinking, like this is not a great way to build the confidence of a of a young receiver is continuing to put him back there, and you know, kind of seems like he's maybe you know developing some yips a little bit back there in the return game. But the response from him, literally the next drive offensively, where he goes and he makes a big catch and has a couple more catches throughout the game. I mean, these weren't easy catches either. These weren't just, you know, like they gave, they got some, some manufactured touches too, but like I, I'm thinking the corner route where he kind of extended away from his frame to make a really nice catch right after fumbling the punt just, you know, earlier, you know, just, just before that, the response from him was outstanding. And like that was so good to see because there's so much talent for him as a receiver and you're starting to see that involved a lot more as the, as the season is going on. And I'm just glad his confidence wasn't shot with the special teams gaff again yeah. going out there and just continuing to you know get back and, and credit again to Andy Reid for putting the ball right back in his hands and giving him another opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Let's switch to the other side of the ball and talk about the defense a little bit. They finished with three sacks on the day. Shout out to Chris Jones, uh, his agent Michael Katz put out there that he got a $1.25 million bonus for an incentive by getting at least 10 sacks in the season so congratulations to chris jones getting a little bit more money in his pocket and then as i joked earlier to start this george Karloftis got a sack and then brian cook got a sack on the play that it seemed like nine different guys <laughs> had an opportunity uh to get a sack on bryce perkins and then the two interceptions legerious need and the nick bolton who led the team in tackles uh in this game with 11 also got an interception there late in the game in the fourth quarter and they took the ball a couple of wit Took the ball away a couple of times. Now, before we break down and we have Maddie and Craig's, we know Craig's got thoughts on the defense. Uh, high level, what stood out to you about the defense? I just love the fact that they turned the ball over. They're continuing to make yeah. some more plays on the football, and that's going to become more and more invaluable as you know the season gets later. And you know they've had some timely turnovers here recently. Um, I mean, and, and obviously this game was kind of out of reach, but to get two late fourth quarter turnovers to kind of make sure the game was ice was pretty big. I mean, it put the Chiefs offense in, in two uh, short fields and you know they they put six points on the board because of it and kind of you know secured this football game but I really love the fact that they're making plays on the football and, and how they did it you know Legere seen on a, on a true drop back and yep. you know a tip pass at the at the line of scrimmage you know we talk about three sacks the impact of the defensive line outside of that Carlos done with the tip and Nick Bolton again there to, to close it out off a tip so big time yeah absolutely all right we're gonna bring Craig and Maddie on before we do that Tucker you got a quick word for us yeah, I do. And if you guys know, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They've got the same game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and, and exceptional player prop options. And right now, new customers can just bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals, and even more. The, le the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, and the bigger your shot to win big. I like to do these. I call them my lottery ticket bets. I do eight different legs for Chiefs games with the alternate lines. Go check it out. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. And get $150 in free bets if they do, only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Good stuff, Tucker. 
Great stuff. We've got a few more storylines looking through the comments. Make sure to send us your comments, your questions. We'll react to those during the show. Either Tucker or myself will bring on those. We got a lot of Ronald Jones comments, a lot of the red zone offense. We're going to get into that. We didn't want to touch every storyline before Maddie and Craig came on. So let's bring on Maddie and Craig uh, to get their thoughts on the Chiefs' 26 to 10 win today over the LA Rams. Hi guys. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hey guys. How's it going? <laughs> Just another day, just another dub, nine and two. We, we all have that energy right now. I can tell. I can tell yeah. we all have that level of energy. I, it's wild. This is, I mean, what, a pretty solid C, C-plus level game from the Chiefs. They were never, there was never a chance of them losing it. They they covered a giant spread. This was the <laughs> third largest, their third largest victory of the year. And it also still, we come out of it just kind of like, eh, that was pretty ho-hum. Kind of left let down a little bit, I guess. It's weird feelings, weird feelings. Yeah, they didn't really show anything on either side of the ball. Didn't try and do anything especially special. Just kind of sit back in a four-man rush on defense. Keep it pretty vanilla on offense. Very clearly came out just saying, hey, listen, we're a better team than these guys. We're just going to try and coast through it. And the fact that you can coast through the (laughs) second-best red zone defense in the league, which it showed when when you're not calling your best red zone offense plays, and still score 26 points, win by 16. Like, it it ended up being fairly light work for a sloppy game. Just your your run-of-the-mill 26th straight victory in the months of November or December, and we're just sitting here taking it for granted. All the things that we preach not to do, we're just sitting here doing like, ah, it's just another just another victory. Hey, do us a favor. If you're watching this, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave some comments. Uh, tell us what you want us to talk about the second half of this show, what you're interested in, or the, the, the takeaways that you might've had from this game. It, you know, it's kind of fitting guys. It took us, it took us like 30 minutes into the lab this week on the game preview episode to actually get to this game. And I think it kind of shows, you know, we, we, this was like, I don't know if we have any big takeaways from this game. I don't want to make a reaction to a singular thing about this football game as a point of concern, really. Out, I mean, you could maybe talk about Sky Moore in the return game. That might be the biggest storyline that came out of this game because I don't think you're right. I don't think the Chiefs really showed all that much on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think they showed much on the defensive side of the ball. They just kind of took care of, care of work. But, I mean, especially like, okay, on offense, Matthew, anything that you – any takeaway of substance for you on the offense today that you really want to react to? I, there's only two things, I guess, on the offensive side that I think even mattered a little bit. Um, the, the running back room, it, it's been sorted out, right? Like Isaiah Pacheco's their best running back. It's not even close. And even if he may not be the most technical runner that they have or that the NFL is going to see, the way he runs so aggressively and gets downhill and is violent, I think matters a lot for this team. And on that same note, I mean, Ronald Jones had four carries for 12 yards. It's not like it was good, but seeing how aggressively he got downhill, the fact that he was just willing to go be a sledgehammer that's going to, you know, wear, I think, on opposing defenses a little bit matters. It's like, that's really, I mean, all I have for the offense. The running back room seems sorted out while Clyde Odilaire is unable to play. I think Ronald Jones can be that third running back, be pretty good. But, the, you know, this kind of the violence and downhill running style of Pacheco and then paired with Ronald Jones, I think is a good enough one-two punch that, I feel comfortable giving those guys a few more carries and the chiefs sometimes like to do to their running back room. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me as well. I mean, I don't, uh, there, there wasn't a ton to take away. Patrick Mahomes threw for 320 yards and he just kind of distributed the ball all around the field. Like it, it, it went to literally everybody there on offense. There were 10 players that had 26 yards from scrimmage or more. 
in this game. So you just relied on just everybody from the offense to contribute. Juju was clearly on a pitch count. You don't have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, so you're leaning on Ronald Jones a little bit more. You're leaning on some of the tertiary tight ends, Jody Fortson, Noah Gray. MVS had a good game, but it it very clearly didn't seem like the focus was, hey, we're going to keep hammering this matchup. We're going to keep hammering this aspect of the offense because it's working. It was more like, hey, we're just going to spread it around, get get out of here as healthy as we can, and just try and stay up on this team without showing too terribly much. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One of one of the storylines that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about this week because that's where we're at with this Chiefs, especially with this Chiefs team, particularly the offense, is about the red zone offense. Um, and reason is because it stands out. The Chiefs have been so good inside the red zone uh, this year. They're ranked third in the NFL. They convert 72% of those drives result in touchdowns inside the red zone. They were going up against a defense that was one of the best in the NFL in red zone defensive efficiency. The Rams ranked fourth, uh, allowing touchdowns only 48% of the time. Chiefs go one of six today. Is this something that Chiefs fans should be concerned about or do you think this is just they went up against a good team they made some mistakes they're going to clean it up and then move on or is this something that should talk about because it's something that you were worried could continue on uh, for a team that had not struggled in that area it's the only other thing on offense I think that even you know should get that much attention is the red zone offense and I think you have to start though without McCole Hardman and then without Kadarius Mm -hmm. Tony. Andy Reid seemed very reluctant to run what has been their traditional red zone offense. Like, yeah, we saw Sky Moore catch one of those jet sweeps, uh, get one in the red zone. And actually, if Justin Watson holds a block, he might score on it. But they weren't funneling the entire red zone offense through that look like they do with Hardman or they did with Kadarius Toney when he was healthy. So I think you have to put, you know, a little a little note there and say, if those two guys are unavailable, yeah, maybe it is worth paying more attention to the red zone offense because that has been such a big part of it this year. But if you get either one of those guys back, I don't think it matters because it just looks entirely differently or different. And then on top of that, I mean, I, 
I think what Craig said at the beginning, they weren't trying to show anything. I don't think they wanted to put any of their other red zone plays, you know, real plays on, on film. They wanted that trick play on there for the future. <laughs> they want you to think about it, but they didn't want to show you any of their actual concepts in the red zone when it's not using that jet motion. So I'm not concerned. I'm just, you know, slightly alert if it's only Sky Moore. Is that their only jet motion guy going forward? Because then I do think that might matter in a bigger game going forward. The thing that really matters about the red zone offense this week is that I hate Sean McVay for calling a timeout while Colin Saunders was on the field. <laughs> Colin Saunders had an opportunity to be in on offense and Sean McVay ruined it. So <laughs> I, I now hate him forever. No, I... There's a little bit that you can take away there. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes not taking as good a care of the ball in the red zone. That That's a little concerning because even if you're vanilla, you still got to take care of the ball. It does matter not having Joe Tooney down there. It really matters, especially when you've got a destroyer of worlds on the interior and Aaron Donald, who made his presence felt so many times throughout this game. I know that it was a quieter game for him, but it was still a very, very offensively affecting game there from Aaron Donald. So I I still think that that matters. They were obviously calling a lot of short side boots and some of the stuff that they did when they didn't have a great offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes in the past. So we saw a little bit of that. We saw a little bit of reversion there, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's a ton to take away from the red zone offense, because I think when you see a team like Cincinnati next week, for instance, I don't expect that we're going to see most of the same plays that the Chiefs ran in the red zone this week. Yeah, you know, the word unserious gets thrown out around a lot on social media these days. And, like, I don't think that's completely respectful of, like, the work it requires to go out and be a really bad football team. You know, like, it still takes work and effort and all that stuff. So I don't, unserious may not be the right word, but... There is a lot of gamesmanship this week, 100% in how the Chiefs approach this football game. You still have to play hard. You still have to execute what's called. But, yeah, you talk about we talk about trick plays. And we talk about you know, throwback to Mahomes. Sky Moore throwing back to Mahomes. Colin Saunders being on the field. They're showing things. They're trying, you know, they're trying to give looks and force preparation and steal time throughout the week, you know, for, for different looks, especially in a critical area of the field. Like, you know, like the red zone. So, yeah, like it's it's a little bit, you know, I don't know if my I don't know if my ears are perked all that much from this game. I, I, I genuinely think like, hey, good red zone, de- good red, zone, good red zone defense, you know, see call sheet at best. You know, like they're not they're not showing much. I, I just at you best. Know. Yeah, let us let us know in the comment section. Just what grade do you give this performance and give us a offense, defense and a special team. You know, uh, Give us a special teams grade as well on what you thought about this performance. But, um, but yeah, I, it's hard to, to break the, it, there was never a doubt that the chiefs were going to win this game. So that one's hard to, uh, to break down in that kind of way. Yeah. And I, and that's, that's okay. It, it, it's kind of nice to have that. It's kind of nice to not have strong reactions and emotional responses right now in a big, big way. I mean, my mind's already in Cincinnati, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. I am, geeked out about that game there's a few things we got to wrap up with this one though before we get out let's move on to the defensive side of the ball we probably got to talk about that a little bit um i mean craig any big any big sweeping declarations on defense the same thing we just did on offense any big sweeping declarations on the defensive side of the wall we kind of talked about it you know hey sean McVay's probably good for one drive with bryce perkins at quarterback they they put one together 
outside mm-hmm. of that, I mean, the Chiefs just took care of business. Yeah, that's uh, they did what good defenses do when they come up against bad offenses. They shut them down. And this is one that I expected maybe a little bit more through the legs of Bryce Perkins, who, you know, was certainly elusive escaping the pocket a couple of times that I thought some defenders had the angle on him and he completely eliminated and was able to get to the outside, convert some third downs. But largely the Chiefs did an excellent job, especially in the first half, creating negative plays and staying ahead of the sticks. That is something that they have struggled with at times this season. And I wondered with Bryce Perkins being out there, if that was going to be another instance of this, if they were going to be able to pick up some chunk plays on first downs, using some read option stuff, which they were doing there and trying to really put the defensive ends in a little bit of a blender and be able to get some chunk yardage on first and second down to keep the thirds to a minimal thing. They weren't able to do that. The Chiefs defense were able, was able to get stops on the early downs. Nick Bolton in the middle. Frank Clark played an awesome game, especially against the run. Made several plays happen that were just excellent plays by him. So it did a good job of staying ahead of the sticks, forcing Bryce Perkins to be more of a passer, which we saw, obviously, when you, know, you, you limit an offense to less than 200 net yards. That's a great game for your defense. But we saw what happened when they were forced to be a passing offense, and it did not work out well for that team. We've got yeah, in, in, oh, sorry, go ahead, Matty. No, you you can give the update if that's what you're going to. Yeah, I think that's what Tucker's writing down. I just saw the tweet yep. as well. Tucker's got an injury update for us. Yeah, Andy Reid said the only new injury is Deion Bush. Um, hurt his elbow, should be fine. Good news, especially since the Jerry Sneed left the game. You saw Willie Gay and Brian Cook both leave the game, but that's the only injury that Andy Reid says. Matty, jump back in. What were your thoughts? It's the same thing as the offensive side. I don't really have many big takes from the defense either. I thought certain parts of it looked absolutely dominant. There was a stretch there in the first half where the Rams did have to try to throw the ball and the Chiefs pass rush was eating them alive. And especially Frank Clark's get off in the first half. And I know a lot of people are going to zero in that the Rams were getting down against the play clock and they were, but he also had a read on the cadence they were using. And it just got to the point to where when they were setting to snap the ball, Frank Clark was making it impossible because he was getting off the line so fast. Chris Jones was dominant there in the first half. And then I think coming out of halftime, the Chiefs did kind of mail it in a little bit, even defensively. They just started rushing for, they were containing, they were trying to spy. There wasn't, I don't think, a lot that you could take from the Chiefs' defensive performance in this game one way or the other. They were just trying to kind of stop explosive plays. I I know he left for a little bit, but this also isn't the first time. You know, the, the Darius Harris subbing in for Willie Gay for a whole series has got to go. Like, he's just got to be done. And I get it. I know he was hurt, but this seems to happen, you know, every week now there's like one series where Harris subs in for Willie Gay, and I just don't get the point. What is the point for one series to take their best second-level athlete off the field? And it almost always shows up in a negative way. There's always almost one play where they need that speed out there when this happens. So I just – that's it confuses me, and it's not new. They keep doing it. It's not a problem. It's just confusing to me. Hit yeah, the like. It, oh, go. Sorry, Greg. If you got more. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting. They've been doing it every week since Willie Gay got back from suspension. Yeah. And it seems like when Willie Gay comes back on the field, they change up a little bit of how the defense is operating. So I wonder if they are using that time where they are getting him on the field and they're saying, okay, we're going to adjust your role a little bit. 
We're going to let Darius play this series, and we're going to adjust your role a little bit. He comes back on the field, reducing the split, spying a little bit more on Bryce Perkins. Then from that point on, you know, kicking out against you know the, the tight ends a little bit more and playing in man coverage with Nick staying in the box. That way they didn't get some of the matchups that they were getting before. So I do wonder if that is intentional by the coaching staff to get that second level on the same page and make a bigger adjustment before they go in for halftime because it's almost always like the third drive of the game yep. that Darius Harris comes in there. Hey, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Leave a comment. I have something because I'm I'm going down and looking looking at this at some of the defensive numbers. And you know, maybe schematically nothing nothing you know light you know world changing or anything but it just felt like there was just a lot of really strong performances from a lot of individual players across the board i think a lot of guys played well i would like to just go go up and down we'll start with maddie i want to just highlight one guy real quick on on each of us i i i have several i'm geeked out about but matthew you can start if you'd like um just give me give me a guy that you thought played well on the defensive side of the ball because like Honestly, I, I genuinely think there was just a lot of guys that flashed and had big moments in this game. I mean, like like most weeks, um, Legereus Sneed, great game. Um, it was scary to see him go out because it's what the second game in a row where he's had a pretty big uh, hit there in the middle of the field where he's having to fill fit versus the run from his slot cornerback spot. He's having to take on a running back at full speed who's pretty much at full speed because nobody else is in the way. And there's been big contact. If he leaves, he gets... Uh, evaluated for a concussion. He is able to come back. So that's big, but you know, he's taken a lot of those blows through throughout the year. So that, that is something that I got my eyes on. This is, this isn't the first time that he's been a little shaken up after one of these big hits, but he comes back, he plays great. He's making pass breakups. He gets that interception where he skies up and, you know, takes the ball back after the chiefs turn it over. So as, as always, Legereus need played a great game. And he's kind of getting to that point to where it's every week. He's getting into that Chris Jones territory almost at this point in time, but I don't want it to go underappreciated after he got banged up early. Man, I did. I feel spoiled because there's so many here. I did already reference Frank Clark, which I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use him as mine because you know. Because I'm gonna use Rams. him as mine, Craig. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> go right ahead. Talk about how much the Rams focused on him. Holy cow! Um, yeah, let's go with George Karloftis. Uh, George Karloftis, workmanlike performance, did a pretty good job of giving energy, motor throughout the game. Did a good job getting his first NFL sack. Uh, it made himself a little bit of a nuisance on a couple of different plays there. Obviously still learning the game, still learning the speed of the game, still learning the technique elements of that, but the motor was there. It was good, and he was able to string some stuff along really well and kind of created plays for some other people that went a little bit under the radar. I think Joshua Williams actually played pretty well, all things considered. I know he kind of gave up that catch down the sideline, but had a pass defense on the on the day. And, you know, the physicality is there. He's the willingness to tackle is there. And, like, that's always an encouraging sign. Like, he's a guy that I think is going to continue to match up well against bigger receivers down the line as he gets challenged. He's in for a big, big test next week. I mean, Joshua Williams is, is in for a big test next week um, with some with some challenging of throws outside the numbers. He's got to play the ball extremely well. But I think this is another week for him to continue to build confidence. I thought he had a pretty solid game as well. What BJ? Who are you? Who are you going with? Well, I, I already stole it. But Frank Clark, I think he he's <laughs> looks explosive. We talked about uh, how much weight he looked like he had lost since we saw him at the training camp. It's something yeah. we talked about all year. Uh, looks like he's got the explosion. You guys were talking about the timing, uh, getting off the ball. Looks really, really good. And with the 
quarterback that's going to sit more in the pocket and throw the football like what they might see next week with Joe Burrow. I feel like that's maybe see a bigger impact from him. I know that there's people in the comment section talking about Trent McDuffie and throwing his name out and people are kind of disagreeing. Went, I almost went with Trent, honestly. The I don't touch, care about the touchdown. Yeah, don't care. He made some really, really good plays in this game, but uh, I love what I'm seeing from Frank. If you have somebody outside of Chris Jones uh, that can get that can affect the quarterback in some kind of way, uh, I think the Chiefs will be in a good spot there. And, and Tucker's got a couple of quotes from us uh, for us from the post-game press conference. Yeah, I do. But before I get to those, I just want to shout out Nick Bolden. I thought Nick Bolden yes. played well uh, in this game. He had an interception uh, playing good in the run game as well. Nick Bolden deserves some credit there. And uh, from Andy Reid, he opened up his press conference saying they were off a tick tonight. They'll just go back to the drawing board before heading to Cincinnati. <laughs> um, okay. Andy Reid also said on changing punt more, or Sky more on punt returns, uh, if he'll go back out there again, he'll say, we'll see. That wasn't a very good showing for him. That uh, means no. That means, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to. Uh, Please. Lastly, uh, this is also about Nick Bolton. Uh, Andy Reid said he's having an all-pro type season. So uh, high praise from Andy Reid to Nick Bolton. Sure, it's great to see him uh, take the ball away, get the hands on an interception, Absolutely. and then lead the team in tackles again. It's huge. Is that back-to-back weeks for interceptions for him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've, honestly, no, the char- look, the Chargers game feels like a month ago. It does, it does. Yeah. with Thanksgiving does. and everything. I and mean, I mean, yeah. you know, shout out to Nick for continuing to play well in the run game. You know, within the structure of the play, this is one that's a tough one for an for a second level linebacker, especially when you've got a quarterback that's going to keep the ball. Is they're going to run a lot of read option? It muddies everything up on your plate, especially as a Mike linebacker. He did a really good job fitting the run between the tackles. Did a good job of scraping over the top of stuff. This is this is again like five or six weeks in a row that he has played really well as a run defender, doing a good job plugging things within the structure of the play. Like he he is growing really really strong throughout the back half of the year here that's going to pay dividends against teams that want to try and run the ball that was kind of the chiefs achilles heel there for a little while and he's done a good job of shoring it up all right we'll do our go ahead maddie i was gonna say i think the the combination of of, uh nick bolton and then uh willie gay has gotten a lot better versus the run here down the stretch and both guys there and i think you're seeing what you're seeing now to craig's point especially when you're getting some of these teams that are trying to run a little bit more outside zone. Bolton's getting a lot faster coming downhill on them. He's starting to flow with the play a little bit better than he was earlier in the year, and he is starting to break downhill a little bit faster. I think next week will be another – I mean, we've had, he's had plenty, but next week will be a big test. We don't got to go too far into it, but the Bengals will mix up their runs. They'll come straight at you a little bit more. I think that'll be a big test for, for Willie Gay and Nick Bolton and seeing if this run defense has improved from what they were looking like there, you know, from weeks four to eight or whatever it was in the middle of the year. All right, guys, we'll wrap up our thoughts on the show, do our toast game segment here in just one second. Before we do that, Tucker, hold on the video because uh, for anybody who's been following us on social media, watch the post game show last week. We have started our soul of KC toy drive and holiday raffle. Again, we've got 25 items that you could win by buying raffle tickets. All every dollar that you give us, uh, that you purchase tickets through for, through the KC Sports Network Venmo is going towards presents that we will purchase for Operation Breakthrough in Kansas City's Christmas store. And I'm going to run through these as fast as I can because there's 25 <laughs> items and they're pretty damn cool. Uh, Patrick Mahomes jersey, a Creed Humphrey autographed stand-up sign, a Trey Smith autographed KC Pioneers jersey. You can have lunch with Colin Saunders and two of your friends this offseason. 
Chiefs tickets to the Christmas Eve game against Seattle. Cookie Society, Jeff and Marissa Allen's company. You can get Cookie Society every month for a year. You can get an $80 gift card to Manny's Mexican. You get two of those. A $150 gift card to Capital Grill. A $100 gift card to Third Street Social. We've got two of those. $25 gift card to Jefferson's Bar and Grill. We have four of those. The Charlie Hustle Arrowhead Collection Pack. $100 gift card and four tour passes the Holiday Distillery. Six-pack of Jackson Family Wine. We have a 2017-2018 Kansas Jayhawks autographed basketball. A George George Brett autographed book. Frank Clark signed football. Sky Moore signed football. Ochai Abaji autographed artwork. Super Bowl LIV signed football that includes Patrick Mahomes' signature and a KCSN swag pack includes the hoodie that Kent and I are wearing and a cooler bag and a t-shirt all kinds of stuff one raffle ticket is $20 you get 10 tickets for $100 we've already had several thousand dollars worth of purchases we are trying to beat what we did last year which was just under $14,000 raised we purchased hundreds of toys for Operation Breakthrough and their Christmas store. It's one of the cooler things that we do. And we're going to do this quick video that we had last year that we put together just to show you guys last year when we raised all this money. Here's how it was used. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Selling tickets for the raffle through December 6th. We will choose all of the winners live here on this post-game show after the December 11th game, and then we'll ship everything out that next week. So hopefully, barring uh, USPS, you never know how the shipping is going to work, but you should get everything uh, before Christmas. But again, it's one of the cooler things we do. You can get find the link on our social media, or Tucker will put it in the chat and in the description of this show if you're watching on YouTube uh, to get a hold of our Venmo to, uh, to buy some raffle tickets. Hey, uh, BJ, we did get a question here on the YouTube stream. Benjamin Walkhold asks, is the raffle eligible to KC fans outside of KC? Yes, we'll ship. We'll ship anywhere that we possibly can. Boom. So we, there, we ran into a little issue last year just because some state laws as far as shipping uh, wine across state lines. Learned some some new stuff there. But yeah, uh, all the different items uh, was available to to anybody. The Colin Saunders lunch uh, got to coordinate with his schedule when he's in town and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's better items than we have last year. I'm excited to raise some money 
Uh, we've got some some cool news with some uh, a business that uh, is going to chip in and help us, hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, we appreciate all that. We'll get back to the game, but um, that going last year to Dick Sporting Goods and buying all of those toys with the money that was raised was one of the cooler days that we've had with this company in 18 months. Very, very memorable moment. And uh, we got to go to Operation Breakthrough and after that and, and see the kids and, and see the facility and all that stuff. It, I mean, it'll it'll change a little bit. So, um, yeah, hopefully if you want to if you want to help support that and support what we're doing with them and potentially win some really sick prizes, please uh, please donate. And last thing, to 501c3. So all of the donations are tax deductible. Christian Gumminger is our community outreach coordinator. He'll get you the receipts and make sure you're taken care of in that kind of way. So it really is have a chance to win cool stuff. Money's going to a good cause. Um, yeah, it's all it's all good. Now let's get back, talk a little bit about this game, wrap this up, and do a little toast game. Are we going right to toast game now, or we got any more we got to talk about before we get out of here? Why don't we ask Maddie? I keep interrupting him. So, for the first time ever, I have nothing else about a Chiefs football <laughs> game. This is never going to happen again. But that—that's essentially what this game was. I am out of—I am out of takes. We'll be talking a lot after that Bengals game next week. I'll tell you that much. All right, if you're watching you will this. Be. Rant, hey, look, hey, if you've never watched the KC Laboratory and you start this week, I apologize for Rant Swanson coming out on the Thursday show uh, in advance. I haven't had to use a swear jar at all on this postgame show. It's a far cry from last week. <laughs> but now it's time for a little toast game presented by our friends up at Holiday Distillery in the new Ben Holiday Bottle and Bonded Bourbon. We've got ourselves a bourbon mule here at the Kingdom Bar. And if you've watched this show, you know what this is about. It's our toast game, our game mvps that we are raising a glass to and if you're watching at home raise your glass with us kent who you got for your game mvp today i'm going sky more and the response from the fumble you know like that was a really tough you know way to kind of start your day off and credit to andy reed for coming back to him and credit to sky more for playing really well for the rest of the game you know you saw him make that touch that, that tough corner uh catch away from his frame but the other thing that you saw that i got really geeked out about is operating off schedule off script and running to space trusting that Mahomes was going to find the football or find him with the ball that was a big step i think in sky moore's development more to come three more years of this after this hopefully more here's at ah, you see what i did there sky moore my toast game what you got matthew i'm gonna go with jody fortson um i thought he made a couple nice catches when they threw him the ball uh, I think he's becoming a weapon they're using. We want to talk about the red zone offense looking like it struggled a little bit. I think they were setting some stuff up to get Jody Fortson some mm. touches down there. And then I really, I got my eyes peeled. The Chiefs about four times this game, two of them were with Jody Fortson for sure. They ran him in like a jet motion, but then he, they snapped the ball late and then he turned it into a wheel route after the snap. That, that play is going to come back. All of, that's not something the Chiefs normally do. They were trying to get Fortson running down the sideline on a vertical, but he was still moving laterally at the snap. Something I have my eye on. So the Chiefs are clearly trying to use him as a weapon. When they do call his number, it goes well. So, you know, little toast for a guy that probably goes under the radar most games and doesn't catch a touchdown. But good game, Jody Fortson. I think there's bigger to come here soon. Maddie, what do you have there, by the way? This is a blood orange gin and tonic. Okay. Ooh, okay. God, that sounds good. Right. Okay. What do you got for I us? know that this was I know this was a defensive game, but we haven't talked enough about Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, mm -hmm. Offense very clearly leaning on him a lot more. 
gets 22 carries, comes up with 86 total yards when you factor in his receiving yards as well, gets into the end zone, getting that kind of production out of the backfield. 86 yards out of the backfield is massive for this offense. We have talked time and time again about the run game and getting the running backs going. We know what the offensive weapons can do out in the secondary, what Travis Kelsey can do, Juju Smith-Schuster, MBS in a game that they leaned on Isaiah Pacheco. And I know that he only had three yards of carry, but they leaned on him a lot more in this game. He was able to shoulder the load, took some big hits, laid out some of his own, got into the end zone. Isaiah Pacheco, toast to you, sir. It's a good one. All right, I'm going to give a, a toast to the guy that whose pockets got a little fatter today with Chris oh. Jones. Chris Jones picking up his 10th sack of the season and getting a $1.25 million bonus for the incentive of getting 10 sacks. And if you follow Mr. Craig Stout on Twitter, you will learn that is the first time with Steve Spagnuolo that we've had a 10-sack player in that defensive scheme. So make sure you're following Craig on social media and on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I'm raising my glass to Chris Jones. He's been in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation we've been talking about the last few weeks, continues to step up and make plays, and we're going to need that down the stretch. And uh, it's going to have a good night. A lot of people talking about this game is pretty meh. One guy who's not thinking that right now is Chris Jones. So raise a glass to you, buddy. All right, running it out here. I got to go. Good health. With Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Had the quietest 320-yard game, I think, of all time. Um, <laughs> seven, 27 for 42, averaging 7.6 yards per play. Only one touchdown. Still had a great game. I think he's on pace to break the uh, break the single-season uh, passing yards record. So I'm going to crunch some numbers. I'll get back with you guys. But I think the pace is pretty reachable. So here's to Patrick Mahomes. It still is, Tuck. It still is. He had that with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, too. <laughs> all right, Let's wrap this up and I'll give our final thoughts, maybe a little preview um, about what we're looking forward to with the game against the Cincinnati Bengals next week. Kent, we'll start with you. What are what are you looking for this week? What are the, the big keys for you as they get ready to play a game that at the beginning when the schedule came out, they said, what game are you circling on your calendar? This that was the one for me. I know it kind of changed because the Bengals really started to struggle early in the year and they've kind of turned it around and they should be getting Jamar Chase back in this game, which is going to be a big thing for them. But what are you looking forward to with this matchup? Look, there's only one team that has been Lucy to Charlie Brown, you know, in the in the NFL. And that's I mean, that's that's Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they beat them twice last year. I think you're going to see a very focused football team that is ready to to exercise some demons. And they don't have to do that very often. Kind of felt like they did it against Tampa this year. I think you're going to see a very, very focused performance from this team. And I'm very much looking forward to the bopping of the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. Craig, let's go to you. We got big Eagles, like big Eagles bar here at the Kingdom Bar and Grill right now. If you can't hear that, they're blaring. So, Craig, what do you got for us? Bopping is back. Bopping is back. Dude, rant's coming out. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Put Rant in the holster. In his post game, said about Cincinnati, they beat us. I played terrible in the second half. We lost at home in a game that could have sent us to the Super Bowl. We'll be ready to go next week for sure. It's going to be scorched earth. If the defense can play well and get after that offensive line, which can still be got after, and Joe Burrow takes a few hits, 
Patrick Mahomes in this offense are going to be so much more dialed in than we saw them tonight. This is going to be a completely different game from that point of view. I think that we're going to see an over-my-dead-body game. Shout out to Therese there. I think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes go nuclear in this game because he wants it, and we'll stop talking about that. Like This week, you're going to hear a lot about, oh, is Patrick Mahomes still the MVP? Maybe it's Tua. Maybe it's this. You know how you saw how we played in the red zone? Yeah, that, that'll all go away next week. Yeah, I mean, I echo the same sentiments here as everybody else, right? I think that most Chiefs fans have the same feeling. The Chiefs were kind of coasting through this one. They're getting ready for a big Bengals game. We've seen this Chiefs team, when they play teams that they are seeking quote-unquote revenge on, they do kind of turn it up a little bit. Andy Reid will, will never say it. Like, he'll never say that this is a game they thought they could, you know, just scoot by on. I don't know. I think the players, just energy and attitudes and just kind of what they did on the field kind of tell that whole story. I think it's going to be a complete 180 next week. I think you see more fire in the quotes about the upcoming Bengals game than we saw on the field against the Rams. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. They're going to come out. They're going to be firing hot. They're going to come out with all the best stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't really have much tactical takeaway yet. It's just a matter of I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, and it's going to be really fun to listen to Kent yell and scream about this on Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be a great test. I'm, I'm excited to see the young DBs go up against Jamar Chase and go up against uh, that dude because that's that was the storyline in that game and we were all in Las Vegas <laughs> getting ready for the East West Shrine Bowl <laughs> when these teams played in the playoffs. And it was the, the game that I had circled all off season. It was like, this is the one they, they came into our house. They beat us. They're the one team that if you're going to say, Oh, so-and-so is the favorite of the AFC. They were the one that I always kind of pointed to. And nobody talks about the bills. We beat the bills. The Bengals beat us in our place for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So I expect Chris Jones, Frank Clark, those guys to be fired up. I'm excited about that, but it's a huge opportunity for Trent McDuffie, Josh Williams, all those guys going up against a Bengals team that is absolutely going to be ready for this. And uh, it's going to low-key be one of my favorite games that I've been excited about all season long. But we appreciate everybody for hanging out uh, for this episode of the KCSN Live post-game show. Again, Chiefs win 26-10 over the LA Rams, move to 9-2 and on the season. We'll have plenty more content. These three guys uh, will be going live Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Time for the KC Laboratory. And we'll have our uh, KCSN update tomorrow morning with Matt Miller with our stock up, stock down report, and I'll have my 10 things. It might just all be about Travis Kelsey uh, at this point. He's got so many <laughs> records, so many different things going on, but plenty of content coming for you this week from KC Sports Network. Hit that like and subscribe button, and uh, go check out the Solo KC raffle items. I guarantee uh, you'll feel better uh, knowing that you're going to have a chance to win some cool stuff, and you're going to help the Kansas City community in the process with the Operation Breakthroughs Christmas store. So thanks all for hanging out. We will see you all next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.